Blog Talk Radio. Oh, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com, where it really doesn't have to be this hard. But, Dave, it is this hard sometimes. The Nationals take a 4-1 lead into the ninth inning. Dusty Baker puts the lead in the hands of Jonathan Papelbon, who goes out, gets a fly ball from Brandon Crawford for out number one. Brandon Belt dumps a single and left. Mac Williamson takes a walk. All of a sudden, there are two on. Tying run coming to the plate. That's it for Jonathan Papelbon. He did not look like a happy man on the mound. He really gave Dusty Baker no choice there, though. Uh, Oliver Perez comes out of the pen. They go to a pinch hitter, Trevor Brown, who walks as well to load the bases up. Gregor Blanco hits a grounder to third that Anthony Rendon bobbles, throws to second where Danny Espinosa bobbles it. No one's out on the play. A run score is there to make it 4-2. to two. Luckily, Oliver Perez strikes out the Nards fan. Sean Kelly comes out to strike out at Angel Pagan. Giants leave the bases loaded. Nationals get a 4-2 win. But like I said at the start, it shouldn't have to be this difficult. The Nationals are in the market for a closer. They gave Jonathan Papelbon another chance, and he really – Screw the pooch, is that a good word for it? Did not work out tonight. I don't know what they do with Jonathan Tapsalon going forward. Are you there, Mr. Nichols? Go back in if you can, real Dave, because I have you turned on here and it's not working for some reason, but let's see if this does Hello. Hi there, now you're there. Yeah, I just had to mute and unmute you for some reason, but now you're working. It helps, it helps if you take me off, off the mute. You were unmuted. It's the blog talk radio's fault. I blame them. Applebot, go. Um, Applebot, go. Yeah, do, do, the, do the kids still use the phrase, screw the pooch? Uh, that, that, that was my first question. <laughs> I don't um, know. It's two, in the, it's two in the morning. I can't be blamed for what I say. Yeah, you know, that, that was just terrible. I mean, he comes out, his first two pitches were at 88 miles an hour. Um, eventually he hit 90, but didn't really get any past that. Um, if he's not injured, uh, it brings up a fascinating question because he has thrown 92, 93, 94 most of the season, and even in a couple of earlier appearances hit 95. Um, his, his fastball has been deteriorating for the last several years. But to lose another two or three miles off your fastball um, in a matter of weeks, um, really, if he's not injured, it's something uh, remarkable to, to, to analyze. Um, you know, he couldn't command the fastball. He couldn't command the slider. Um, when he did get it over the plate, it was a meatball. Brandon Crawford did him a huge favor swinging at a low pitch, and, and Crawford drove that pitch. Um, to, to the track in, in, in left center. So it just it was in no way um, an acceptable appearance, and it really puts an exclamation mark on uh, on the Nats' pursuit of a late-inning reliever. Um, Oliver Perez, you know, 72-year-old Oliver Perez got, came in and, and, and got a ground ball, but, but you mentioned the, um, the, the, uh, the yakety sacks that went on there with Rendon not finding the handle, and then Espinosa and Murphy practically colliding at second base uh, as to who was going to cover it, and Espinosa couldn't come up with it. Um, big strikeout by Perez, um, and then Kelly comes in and, and gets the job done, slams the door, and um, you know it was a, a good move by Baker to get him to uh, to flip the pinch hitter Angel Pagan, uh, you know to to hit lefty. Um, Kelly got the job done, and we can all 
wipe our brow and, and take a deep breath and, and um, you know, there's just an awful lot of hand-wringing and hair-pulling uh, since this win makes the Nats the se- officially the second-best team in the major leagues. Um, but it, it's just it, – it's a sh- we should be talking about Tanner Roark and the great job that he did tonight. Um, we should be talking about Trey Turner and the excitement that he brings to this offense, and yet we're, we're left talking once again um, about a guy on this team that nobody wanted in the first place. What do you do with him going forward is the question here. Dusty Baker gave him another opportunity to go out there tonight. They're actively shopping, admitting that they're shopping for a closer at this point. Uh, you keep on running him out there. How do you keep on running him out there when he keeps performing the way he has? Uh, both Baker and Rizzo well, said the last last week that the performance is just you know, not acceptable at this point. And not in those words. I'm paraphrasing what they said, but I mean that's essentially what they're saying at this point. And it's obvious when he's out there on the mound, he just doesn't have it right now. Yeah, you you can't go to him in a meaningful situation. You just simply cannot. This was his last opportunity. This was Dusty Baker's last chance of having Jonathan Papelbon's back. And 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 I asked on Twitter, you know, you know, when is the going to be the point where um, where wins matter more than having a guy's back? And we found it tonight. Um, it, you know, earlier in the season. Baker would have allowed Papelbon one more batter. Uh, he didn't tonight. He went and got the lefty, um, knowing that the Giants would then counter by pinch hitting with a right-handed batter. That's how little Dusty Baker trusts Jonathan Papelbon right now, and it's with good reason because Papelbon just um, is throwing, you know, to, to use a tired cliche, Papelbon's just throwing gasoline on the fire right now. He's got nothing left. You mentioned Tanner Roark, and we will not ignore his start. Uh, he had a four-start, five-game unbeaten streak snap last time out against the Padres, a 172 ERA, 245, 284, 264 line against in 31 in the third innings pitched over that stretch. Gave up four hits, two walks, five earned runs, and just five innings versus the Padres, but came back with a solid start tonight. Uh, double and two walks in the second, bases loaded. He gets out of that with only one run allowed, three to one at that point. That's just the you know, only one run he allows on the night. Seven innings pitched, four hits, 111 pitches total. Had that two-seamer inside, breaking back on left-handers all night, baffling some of the Giants. Uh, solid outing by Roark. Uh, I mentioned 111 pitches, right? That's all. Uh, 111 on the night, seven innings total. Outlasted uh, Johnny Cueto, who was out there pretty quickly, which we'll talk about in a second. But a solid outing by Roark, who improves to 10 and uh, 6 on the year with the win. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he had a couple of innings there where he pitched um, into and then out of trouble. Um, and it was interesting to see the, the leash that Baker had with Roark, uh, sending him out for the seventh inning. Um, you know, a guy got on and he let him get out of his own gym. He, he got the first two outs um, really quickly. And then after uh, after the, the third guy got on, he, he allowed to get him out of his own jam. And um, you know, at this point, Baker, um, you can't you can't fault him. You know, you would rather trust your starter who had a really good game as and instead of turning to the to the bullpen and, and you know with a runner on base and having no idea what might happen. Uh, you don't like to see the three walks. I mean, that's um, probably more than Roark would have liked, but he only gave up four base hits and um, just another tremendous performance. I mean, this guy. Um, you know, the, the tenants in six record, you know, shows that he's been, been a very useful pitcher, but um, time and again, uh, he's been able to go out and give the Nats seven innings. I think, uh, um, I think uh, he's had eight or nine games now where he's gone seven innings and given up one or fewer runs. So um, just another great performance from Tim Roark. Good enough that Dusty Baker mentioned a week or so back that if they were in the postseason now, he'd be game three starter and, 
I don't think there's any arguing with that, the way Gio Gonzalez and the, the fifth spot in the rotation that's been filled by a couple rookies and waiting on Joe Ross right now has uh, worked out recently. So Roark gets the win. Johnny Cueto gets the loss. He had a 14-start unbeaten. Go ahead. You got something? No, no, no. Sorry. I just I hit my button. Oh, no problem. Cueto had a 14-start unbeaten streak snap, two starts back, bounced back with a strong outing versus the Yankees, which he gave up uh, one up. Unearned run in six innings, uh, what ended up a 2-1 win in which he received no decision, 13-2 and on the year before tonight, four singles in the second with two outs, three runs score for a 3 nothing lead. Nats make him throw 39 pitches in the second inning. Uh, he's out after five, 101 pitches total. Not a particularly sharp outing for Johnny Cueto. I, I was expecting a whole night of us getting baffled by that ridiculous delivery of his with the stalls and twists and turns in it, but Nationals got to him early, just singled him to death in that inning and piled up three runs there, uh, all with two outs and all, and nothing particularly hit hard, just singles up the middle for the most part for the Nationals as they uh, pounded him into submission there and knocked him out early tonight. Well, it's great that they did because they didn't get much else the rest of the game. You know, you mentioned the eight hits and two walks in five innings, and obviously that's not particularly sharp from Cueto. He's been a lot better than that this season. But, but even still, outside of that, uh, outside of that second inning, they really didn't get that much. So, um, but, but again, it was, uh, um, you know, it was, it was a fun hit parade to watch. You know, you, they just single up the middle, single up the middle, single up the middle. They weren't trying to do anything, uh, you know, funny or fancy. They were just trying to get the bat on the ball and. Um, you know, even uh, um, even Danny Espinosa chipped in with a, with a with a ground ball single. So, um, you know, sometimes sometimes you have to manufacture offense like that. It's it's more than um, you know hitting solo home run, hitting enough solo home runs to win the game. Or um, you know, when you talk about manufacturing runs, um, you know, giving up outs to move runners into the scoring position, that type of thing. Sometimes you have to string singles together, and that's what the Nets did tonight. It's unfortunate that. The only guy in the inning that didn't come through, uh, Daniel Murphy, is the guy that's come through all season long. So, um, but still, they were pick up enough to pick up there. Um, Roark, you know, was tremendous the rest of the way, and then they uh, they managed to get out of the ninth inning without giving it all away. So, um, a, a, a good win all around. Anytime you can go to San Francisco, San Francisco and win a game, um, you're doing pretty well. Go back to Papelbon quickly before we move on to some more positive news from the game. Uh, Dusty Baker via Dan Colco in this postgame uh, talks about Papelbon. I'm sure he felt badly, but I had to do what I had to do to win the ball game. So that's what you want to hear from Dusty. You saw what you wanted to see, but they got to figure something out with Papelbon. I uh, don't know if he works in lower levers innings, if you can throw him out there in the seventh and eighth until he gets settled in or just save him for games where low leverage situations uh, – Really don't know what the Nationals do going forward, but their asking price for a closer keeps on going out, going up every time they send him out there, and he struggles in an outing. Yeah, and I said it earlier tonight. The last his last three outings, he has not been a major league quality pitcher. Um, he has been surviving the season when he's had his success, and he has had some success this year. It's been when he has had he's had his good control. Um, he's been able to throw his fastball for strikes. Um, and, and then get them to chase sliders. And, you know, his first two pitches tonight were nowhere near close to strikes. His last pitch that he threw was in the opposite batter's box. Um, he just he, – not only is his fastball diminished in speed, 
but he doesn't have any control over her right now. And, and that's not a pitcher you can put on a major league mound, regardless of the situation, really. Um, you know, and again, I'll go back to the velocity drop. He was throwing 88 miles an hour tonight. That's three to five mile an hour slower than what he was throwing at the beginning of this season. So if he's not hurt, there's something um, really mechanically wrong with his delivery, and they need to figure it out either in bullpen sessions or, or disable him so that, so that he can throw um, without having to have the pressure of being actually pitched in the game because they can't go back to him again. Nationals were leading 3-1 after two. It stayed that way until the sixth. Two outs in the inning. Trey Turner singles, soft line drive to center. Bryce Harper steps in next and snaps an 0-for-19 streak with a two-out RBI double opposite field liner. Get to watch Turner race around the bases, which is always fun. Even Steven Strasburg talked about how fun it is when Strasburg starts talking about it. You know it's enjoyable to watch. Uh, Harper was 0-for-9 versus Cleveland, 14-for-79. That's a 172-283-329 line in July before tonight. Gets that one big hit, though. Uh, puts a... Did he get another hit? I think that was it for him. Yeah, one for four, the walk, run score. Uh, drives in Turner there for Turner's run scored. Turner was two for four of the walk. We'll get to him in a second, but a good sign of life from Bryce Harper uh, going the other way with that pitch and driving in a run that ended up being important. Gave the Nationals a little wiggle room there. Yeah, you know, last week when you hit that mammoth home run in Nats Park, I, I texted you and said, you know, when, when, when does he get hot? You know, when he's too good of a hitter to not get hot. And then he promptly goes out and goes over 19. So I don't know if it's a hashtag jinx or whatever, but um, yeah, it was nice to see him make solid contact. They're going the other way. Um, It's just Bryce Harper is too good uh, to be this bad. And, 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 you know, he, he he stayed on the ball today, uh, drove it. Um, Hopefully that's a sign of things to come because it would make it a lot easier on this team um, if Bryce Harper um, of April returned in August. Uh, it just it would be um, a lot easier if, if he was producing for this team again. Dan, <laughs> oddly, Daniel Murphy ends up being the only one who doesn't get a hit on the night. 0 for three, two walks. Uh, Turner two for four at the top of the lineup. Though that's what I want to talk about. There's some speculation on our site on the message boards about uh, what they were going to do with the lineup when they didn't have the DH to play with like they did in Cleveland. Trey Turner gets a start in center field tonight. No Ben Revere out there. Uh, you think this is going to be the lineup going forward? Ben Revere's continued to struggle. Is he going to get pushed into the fourth outfielder uh, role like some of us have suggested and keep Turner out there? Are you going to see Turner at short occasionally with uh, Espinosa sitting as he continues to struggle, even though he went one for four with the run scored tonight? Are you surprised Dusty Baker went with Turner out there for the third straight game? I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, this is a team that, that needs offense everywhere it can get it, and uh, Turner has been that for them. He has brought that for them. He's, ex- he's an exciting player. Um, he's handling center, center field like like he, he's done it all his career. Um, you know, he, he um, singled and stole a base tonight. He scored from first uh, on the double by Harper. I mean, these are things that the Nats really could use. Um, you know, I, it's like it's like I said with Papelbon earlier in the night. At some point, you have to decide what's more important: wins or having a guy's back. Uh, Revere has had every opportunity with this team to get it going. Uh, he hasn't yet. He's a guy that derives almost all of his offensive um, value from being able to uh, generate contact, and he just hasn't been able to do it this year. Um, 
So at some point they're going to have to, to turn to the idea of winning ball games over um, over finding you know giving guys opportunities to produce and um, and right now Baker's been doing that with Turner and um, I would rather see him playing shortstop um, but obviously they, they like Espinosa's defense there uh, there are some within the organization that think Turner is going to be a better second baseman than shortstop so um, you know it, it was surprising but not really to see them give him opportunity in center field. So um, as long as he's hitting somewhere in the lineup, um, I'm pretty happy about it. Like I said, I'd rather see it at shortstop. But, um, but again, Revere's had every opportunity to win that job, and he just hasn't been able to do it. Yeah, and another multi-hit game from Taylor uh, Turner, I should say. He's making it hard to take him out of the lineup, and let's hope he keeps doing that because he's been impressive the last couple games when they've had him in there on a regular basis. And Dusty Baker said as much, so – you get the feeling he's seeing what he brings to the lineup when he's out there, and it's something that Dusty Baker likes in terms of speed. So 16-42 after a 4-2 win tonight. Everyone sweats it out early in the morning here on the East Coast. We're going to do it again tomorrow night. 10-15 start, Max Scherzer versus Jeff Simard. Game two of four in San Francisco. Talk to you late early tomorrow morning after the second of four out in San Francisco, Dave. Get some sleep, everybody. Doghouse says go Nats.